Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, where we explore all aspects of a modern-day yogi's lifestyle. Don't worry if you missed Burning Man, Wanderlust, or Coachella, or if your yoga pants are stretched out and your kombucha is flat. Guess who's here to save the day? Anne and Mary Claire Sweet. Try keeping up with the sweets as they explore the lifestyles of yogis, uncover exciting yoga trends, hang out with teachers who are keeping it real, the power of superfoods, and the trending music in the studios. Together they will be joined by a hip and present group of people who show up for you. Hi guys, welcome to the High Vibes Podcast. We're so just humbled and honored today to have the most amazing guest with us, um, who I feel is more of a priestess than a yoga teacher doula. Um, and her name is Gila Shire. Welcome to the High Vibes hey. Podcast. And also one of my very favorite people on the planet, Mary Claire <laughs> Sweet is here. Hey, mom. In life in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Anne. Yeah, we just got done with the Sedona Yoga Festival. We taught up there and it was just mm-hmm. such a great experience. Yeah. And MC is going to be in town, and we are talking about we've got to get together with Byron. Hey, Byron. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going. You're going to love. You're going to love this yeah. talk today. Yeah, it's all about women and their, you know, primordial power. Yeah, Ooh. and Her instinct. Just the whole like Shakti vibe happening here in this room. Cool. Um, but before we get started, I found this really cool poem on the internet that I thought I would read. It's from a website called Yoga for the Modern Life, and it's by Jana McCarthy, Chant of the Pregnant Goddess. I am the mother of the moon, sister of the stars, child of the light in your eyes. I am powerful. The geometry of my shape shifts from gentle curved lines to expanding circles, earth, moon, sun. I am powerful. I am strong. The tempo of my vibrations quickens, increasing from butterfly wings to floundering fish to beating drum, erupting volcano, the rhythm as old and constant as the cycles of the sun and the turn of the tides. I am powerful. I am strong. I am beautiful. I hold the hope of my ancestors, the knowledge of my time, the fate of my future. I am powerful. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am mother. Namaste. Namaste. So Beautiful. I thought that was just so fitting for this wonderful session that we're having today because Mary Claire is going to be having a sweet little baby in August. And Gila, you took me through one of the most powerful trainings I've ever been through, mm. prenatal training at Sweeha. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right before my second daughter, Chloe, was going to give birth. And Chloe's first birth, her vision wasn't as she wanted it to be. And so the second birth, she wanted to do like a complete natural birth. And with that comes challenges. Mm-hmm. And you talked me through it. And then I talked her through it. And then when it happened, literally when it happened and we knew that she could deliver vaginally, there were 25 people out in the hallway that started screaming up and down. <laughs> yeah, it was so magical. And I will say too, there was an essence of you after you went through your 200-hour training, your mm-hmm. first teacher training, where I was like, who is in my mother's body right now? Like it was just a whole new bloom mm-hmm. of you, like a, a new bloom on your plant. 
And when you went through Gila's training, yeah. it was like the root of mm-hmm. the plant was so powerful and yeah. strong. And like, I just remember thinking in the words that you shared from Gila's training and mm-hmm. the energy that you walked with, I mm-hmm. was like, this is the strongest human on the planet and nothing, <laughs> nothing can sway you. It was so incredible to see a new energy in you at that time. Yeah. So Gila, tell us all about your journey. How did you just arrive at this moment in your life where you are really looked upon in the this community in the Southwest as being the person to talk to about childbirth and you're, you're a doula and you're doing prenatal training. So how did you get here? Well, um, it was quite a journey to get there because I, I came to the U.S. 22 years ago. I had no idea about yoga. Came here for my massage training. And I had shared with MC that we had to choose yoga or Tai Chi in the massage training for a few uh, weeks. So I ended up taking some yoga classes and fast forward, became a member at the YMCA, took yoga there and realized pretty soon that I want to become a teacher and um, implement that with the body work because it just goes together so well. Mm-hmm. And was pretty soon asked because of the body work I've already done. I had studied uh, energy work in Israel for some years before I became a massage therapist called Holistic Pulsing, which is based on the rhythm of the fetal heartbeat. And mm-hmm. I had used that modality throughout any kind of body work I uh, implemented it in. But by the time I had the first pregnant mom on the table using this method, and that's what I did with you today, this gentle rocking where mm-hmm. everything just melts away and yes. the connection between mom and baby is so evident um, because of the base of knowing that baby listens to our heartbeat from the second they exist. And that gives them the safety uh, the idea of being in the best possible place, um, that has an effect on the cellular body and mm. on everything where somebody in adulthood then getting rocked in that gentle rhythm remembers, oh, that's how it used to feel. And then the body really relaxes. But if you do that to a pregnant mama, then the wow effect is even greater. So I realized pretty quick with the massage work and the yoga um, that these tools put together really, really help moms. And so not much longer, some of my students would ask me um, if I want to come to their birth. And I didn't even know that there was a profession called doula. Mm-hmm. So I'm always joking about that I did it illegal before oh, <laughs> I good. got certified. Like yeah, so underground movement kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I attended several births and um, it was a rude awakening because I thought the way I gave birth in Germany at a hospital Uh, in 1991 would be similar to what everywhere in the world would look like. And that is just not the case. So that was my first eye-opening experience and realization how different things are. And um, by the time more and more people asked me to uh, support them, I decided to become a doula and took a first official training. And I pretty much cried through the first two days because I realized how different everything is and mm-hmm. how can it even happen? And I'm still pondering upon how can it happen that in a country where before Second World War, 89% of people were born at home mm-hmm. in the care of a family doctor with midwives, reversed the whole thing, eliminated the midwives pretty much for a long time. And we're still not back where other countries have never stopped being, which mm-hmm. is when you're pregnant, you have a midwife 
and your midwifery care carries you throughout that period and your midwife will be there to birth the baby with you. Mm -hmm. And the doctor is in the background for any important thing if something is needed in a more medical emergency surgery kind of realm. Because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unless a mom obviously is a high-risk mom, there is no reason to have a doctor at side mm -hmm. if you can have the care of a midwife. So with that, I started attending birth and... Fast forward, I'm still doing that. I'm just more clear about what mission I'm on because the system here really doesn't support moms the way I feel they need to be supported. Mm -hmm. And what shocks me the most, and that's why I'm excited about podcast or any putting the word out, every week, at least once, somebody asks me, so what is a doula or what is a midwife or what's the difference between a doula and a midwife or the fact that most people, and I mean, in the yoga field, it might be a little different mm -hmm. uh, or when people already have a holistic approach to life, but mainstream uh, society um, doesn't know that the midwives are well-trained, well-educated professionals, medical professionals. And that still gets questioned every mm -hmm. time somebody asks me. Mm -hmm. So I have to explain to them the difference, which isn't really difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm just on that mission that I want that everybody knows that because women need to have choices and they have choices, but they don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of the over-medicated style of birth we have in this country, um, a lot of women also don't ask anymore. They mm -hmm. just take what has been Uh, given to them or what their mothers did because there's a ripple effect of all uh, the other generations prior to now what mm -hmm. they experienced where it really takes a little village or maybe sometimes just one person who directs mm -hmm. somebody in a different mm -hmm. direction of understanding the whole thing. Very yeah. interesting. I um, So, you know, clearly I've been on that journey mm -hmm. <laughs> before you. Um, and You know, the, the thing that I'm going to like focus on the great parts of the system, I guess, when I was having babies was the Lamaze system, mm -hmm. which was basically just a pranayama. Mm -hmm. And really, that is the yeah. first time in my life, besides learning how to swim, that I ever even thought about breath control mm. and how it impacts your nervous system and And how you can use it in, in these places. And just like I said with MC, when she was born, you know, I did my breathing and I did it mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah. I don't even know if they use that anymore. But um, at the time, that, that seemed so granola, I'll just say, amidst all of the other things that mm -hmm. were happening in the, in the hospital room and the doctors and the nurses. And it's like, yeah, but I'm going to breathe through this birth, you know? <laughs> So I think that we have come a long way since then, but one of the things that I felt was really interesting kind of phenomenon that's happening in this country is just the kind of scheduled births that, yes. you know, we were talking about. And I think one of the things that I really pulled from your training was, and if you could talk about that, really the real benefits of going through a natural childbirth mm -hmm. for the mother and, and the, the child. Baby. Yeah. Um, You already gave gave an important keyword with what you just said. The connection between mother and child in utero is the foundation, the basic yeah, requirements for how you go through the experience of labor. Um, the unfortunate thing is that here in the U.S., 
birth as a business is definitely treated mm. like an illness, like a disease. You know, mm -hmm. you have to see a doctor and then you get the flags of whatever it is. Uh, these days, when you're over 30, you're called a senior pregnancy. If you're over 35, you're called a geriatric pregnancy. Like for real? For real. For I real. Am. Yes. <laughs> and they treat geriatric. you like that, you know. Yeah. My midwife actually yeah. though, said, you know, because of how my health was, she yeah. was like, We're n I'm not going to flag you as geriatric yeah. because there's no reason that I need to go see a high-risk doctor exactly. once a month during this pregnancy. Wow. Otherwise... Most women who are giving birth over 35 have to go to a high-risk yep. doctor. Wow. And they can decline that um, if they choose a good midwife. You mm -hmm. know, there are not ways to work around it, but get a support where it really doesn't require these specialists unless there is a reason for it. That's mm -hmm. where I find the system works backwards so often. Uh, the fear comes in front of everything. The what-ifs. Uh, the possibilities of uh, complications are always spoken before there is even a reason mm. for it. Mm -hmm. And for that, yes, we need the surgeons and we need the emergency situations. But otherwise, if you have a healthy body, mind, soul connection, um, there is really no reason why you would mm -hmm. have to see a doctor. Plus, the system also is not the way anymore that you can guarantee that the doctor you're working with will be the one who is there when you're having a baby. Yes. So that is the other challenge. And I've experienced that too often that women think, oh, I have my doctor or they say, I like my doctor. But reality is the doctor shows up 10 minutes by the time you're pushing, maybe. Yeah. Um, so the entire laboring time, you're depending on a nurse you have never met before. Right. You don't know who is on that shift. Uh, if they don't like that you birth naturally, yeah. you can really run into, uh, yeah, energy you you are not really capable of um creating the space you need to be in yeah, yeah. my um daughter chloe's husband fired the nurse in yeah. the middle of the yeah. birthing experience he's like you're out of here yeah. don't come back in and yeah. then they found someone else that mm -hmm. was more supportive yeah. of giving and, and wanting a natural birth yes but back to your question why is it so important and i start with what i find is the most shocking thing we know at this point, women are losing their intuition of giving birth. They are so numbed out through the generations who've just done C-section scheduled, epidurals, any kind of drugs, that there wasn't also uh, any storytelling about oh. how birth can happen in a normal, natural way. Mm -hmm. um, the ripple effects from, for example, in the 50s when they did Twilight Zone birth, where they gave big cocktails that of anesthesia. Yeah, no memories. Mm -hmm. Now with the knowledge of epigenetics, and for people who don't know what that is, just look it up. It is fascinating. It will capture you like nothing else because this is important stuff. Science now officially proves, which indigenous people, midwives, uh, people of wisdom and traditions have always talked about, but didn't call it epigenetics. But with all that, the implementation for giving birth under a medical system, getting most likely somewhere traumatized, um, has an effect on your baby. It actually even has an effect on your baby before your baby is created, kind of. Because every thought, every word, every action, and we know that from yoga concept and meditation mm -hmm. and all that, has an imprint on your baby's blueprint. Mm -hmm. And so this is only uh, on that spectrum the reason why we give birth the way we are giving birth or need to come back to giving birth is 
that there is a biological component, which is A, that the baby gets squished through a very tight birth canal, obviously, but that helps baby to empty the lungs of fluid. Right. Um, helps to fire up the nervous system because now everything gets squished in a gentle way. And that helps the physiological structure to kind of it's like you start an engine because of that coming out. And then the last thing are the microbiomes, which mm -hmm. is also just in the media and the press for the last, I don't know how long, but not long enough that everybody knows about it. The bacteria in the vagina of a women are essential to unlock a baby's immune system. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're born via C-section that is completely robbed from the baby, uh, not fully because it's also the um, microbiomes are also in the breast milk and on the skin, uh, but it's in a way, way lesser component than getting flushed through mm -hmm. the birth canal where a baby just gets them no matter what. Mm -hmm. That's also, for example, why we uh, try to avoid bathing baby right away after birth and why the vernix, the white schmear, they come out with sometimes because they're not fully through their gestation process is actually good because it protects the skin and mm -hmm. all of the above. Um, so all of that is missing if you're not birthing vaginally. Mm -hmm. Plus on top of all of that, and I think that's what women underestimate the empowerment of birthing your child in mm -hmm. the most normal, I don't even call it natural because medical world has robbed that word and used it for so many things like you get an IV, you get pain medications, they do all kinds of other stuff. And unless you birth vaginally, they call that a natural birth, right. which is not a natural birth. A natural birth mm -hmm. is when you have nothing implemented but maybe herbs or teas mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. all kinds of other goodies. Mm -hmm. So um, the process of birthing your child in the most normal way is an empowerment for women. And MC and I were talking about that, that the minute her baby was out 10 years ago, she felt this rush of, oh, Let's do this again. I had exactly the same thing an hour after my birth. That's my most unforgettable moment that I felt like oh, I, I can climb mountains and I want to do yes. this again because it, it just, uh, it, yeah, the, the rites of passage a woman goes through when she births in a normal way is something nobody can ever take away from her. Mm -hmm. And with that, she gets in touch with herself. With that, she also, again, implements um, her experience onto her newborn child. And that has an impact on how the baby later on understands the process of pregnancy and labor and birth, how they maybe get interested in having children, who they choose as a mate, and how they give birth later on. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work to do because a lot of people don't know all these aspects. And just the fact that we're losing as women the intuition of giving birth is freaky, scary. Yeah. It's dangerous for humankind because if you really go into all the aspects, they're already now having the first experiments in an out-of-body womb, artificial womb, Ooh. where they're raising babies outside a mother's body. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think mm. is the most powerful way to? educate women about the fact that they don't have to be afraid of giving birth. Because I think that what you said earlier about the fear coming first is so powerful and imperative, not only with the choices that are made through their gestational care, but when we're raised, you know, culturally, it's this 
horrible, awful, intense thing that happens. And it's a gift that modern medicine has things that you can numb out. That's yeah. the story we're told. Mm-hmm. Where I grew up with a story that my mom worked really hard for 30 hours and I was born and it was a miracle. So mm-hmm. then when I went to give birth, that was my story. Yeah. So what's the best way for us to educate women that you have the power and the ability to birth normally? That's a complex uh question with many different answers to focus on. And again, since I'm coming from a different country where things are very different, and I'm not saying that they're better there, they're just different. What I find is lacking here is already sexual education at mm-hmm. a point where children just need to be educated, not in a sterile environment and with uh, as a taboo kind of, mm-hmm. which it seems to me, at least the way I grew up compared to here, I miss the normalcy of things in that, you know, or that parents are acting normal with their children inside their home environment, seeing your parents naked or or being taught that if you are in a beautiful, nice setting and there's nobody there and you're at the water, then why not get in the water and swim naked? So mm-hmm. I find that a lot of the connection to the body itself mm. is culturally very, very different from mm-hmm. country to country. Um, and I think that if there would be a more organic kind of implementation of that and mm. also allowing women to be in their body, it's not even allowing them, but to teach them back mm-hmm. to their roots, that that is one of the the earliest um, implementations for a child to understand. And then it's storytelling. It's again that... The birth stories haven't been shared for way too long. And that, I think, is because we numbed out for so long. We took drugs for so long. So the women who gave birth, especially to girls, had no stories Mm -hmm. of any memories. How do you expect a woman uh, giving advice to a daughter if she doesn't even remember what happened to her? That is a deep, deep trauma, which, again, Mm -hmm. epigenetics, fast forward, uh, is implemented already in mm-hmm. the children's bodies, in yeah. their belief system. So mm-hmm. in a way, uh, it's it's all of that to be talked about, to share birth stories, um, to have midwifery care, mm-hmm. being the care for women and not primary care by an OB. Mm-hmm. A midwife can take care of any of your female projects. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to see an OBGYN necessarily for that. And a care with a midwife is such... A difference because when it comes to the birth setup, a midwife wants to know you. It's mm-hmm. not like you go to your doctor's office and maybe if you're lucky, you see him 10 minutes and you're out or you see somebody who is there as a nurse practitioner or an assistant. Mm-hmm. The midwife wants to know you from the inside out because she needs to know all your fears. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to midwife supporting the mom in my doula work, I do exactly the same thing. I address those fears. I need to know what my moms are nervous about. Uh, if they have previous traumatic experiences, uh, if they are worried about things, because anything not addressed prior to going into labor can just blow up mm-hmm. like an explosion mm-hmm. once you're in labor, because mm-hmm. that's how we are designed. Um, birth is a very, very emotional, um, Mm -hmm. sensitive, miraculous, wondrous place to be in. And if you're prepared for it, you're in a journey of, uh, yeah, you're out in a zone. Um, 
And you described that about your first birthing experience. And I witness it with the moms who do their homework. Uh, I just recently, Friday, had another birth. And the mom had her eyes closed pretty much all through the 16 hours we were with her. And she was in such a deep meditative space that regardless to if she knows what meditation is or not, mm -hmm. that's not even the requirement. But if you find what I call your sacred space, then you're in the birth field. And the birth field is an energetic field where so much is possible if you trust, if you allow the body to do what body knows best. And so with that Uh, laboring process unfolds way different than mm -hmm. if you're in a hospital and you've been told every hour, like you're either not progressing or we have to mm -hmm. do this or famous quote is a uh, failure to progress mm -hmm. because now everything is under a clock yeah. and they want you to perform most often. I mean, yeah. exceptions apply. I'm not saying that every hospital is horrible. Nevertheless, the hospitals I've been in, uh, I've never been to a hospital birth where there isn't a negative list at the very end in mm -hmm. my mind. And that doesn't mean that the birth wasn't great. Yeah. But you come in and from the moment you step through the door, you're dealing with a ton of people you don't know. Yeah, that's probably the worst. I feel yes. like I agree. I remember after I think you were born, I had someone come up to me like a nurse or something. They're like, hi, remember me? Hi, how are you? And I was didn't have no. any clue who this person mm -hmm. was. For me, it was checking in. Mm -hmm. It took yeah. like 45 minutes yeah. to check in and I had to fill out paperwork and I was having rushes and waves. And I remember I was a little short with the nurse mm -hmm. and everyone was like, now just calm down and be kind. And yeah. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. And you <laughs> know what they ask you? <laughs> Having a baby. They ask you things like, do you have a legal will? Mm -hmm. uh, is your husband abusive? Like you have these questions now <laughs> yeah. to ask a mom who's ready to have a yeah, baby. That's all wrong. And the people who sit in powerful positions, even if it's just a chair behind a desk, mm -hmm. is just unacceptable for me for the whole process. Because look at the situation. Let's say the mom labored at home. We had a beautiful, quiet setting with candles and music and just feeling her comfortable. Now you rush to the hospital, bright lights, sterile environment. It smells mm -hmm. like a hospital. And then you have all these people asking you questions they have to ask you because it's all part of the protocol, yeah. part of the routine. And they treat you in a way that nobody should ever treat a pregnant laboring mom that way. And I had situations like that. We could talk mm -hmm. for the rest of the day about the stories. Um, I need to have the mom in that space she was in at home mm -hmm. if we move to the hospital. So in that regard, all of that is eliminated if you go to a birth center or you birth at home. Because again, the birth center is a team You've met them all. You know who will be there, even if, let's say, out of a group of midwives, you, of course, will not have all of them there, but they've met you, they know yeah. you, and they share your information so that all of them can treat you in the same way each of them would do individually. And you get mm. exactly what you had um, prepared yourself with them for. Mm. And that is not an option at a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think I want to t touch a little bit mm -hmm. on prenatal, I don't want to call it teacher training, but mm -hmm. your prenatal school journey. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, you did some really powerful um, 
activities, you know, group activities. I think when we were in the training where we were all in a circle and then we had like a red ball of yarn. Mm -hmm. So if you could kind of like, I, I feel like our listeners would love to, you know, MC and I ha are trying to move people to move into like a women's circle instead of a baby shower yeah. and do more intimate connectivity. Yeah. And I thought that that activity that you did would be so perfect mm -hmm. for a women's circle or, you know, yeah. women that in a prenatal class. Uh, Absolutely. We, we call the, the, uh, the true way of um, baby showers, which I am not a fan of at I'm all. Sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you could talk about that for yeah. a while too. <laughs> um, it, it, there's a reason to celebrate yes. becoming moms, but a blessing way—that's yes. what the uh, yeah the the normal way of things are. Mm -hmm. A blessing way is way more important because again, it helps the mom to get empowered by the circle of women, which goes back to the concept of was what doulas and midwives are all about. We've always given birth in the circle of women mm -hmm. and mostly even all generations. So it wasn't separated from the young nor the old and everyone in between was not necessarily in the same space, but in the same environment, supporting, mm -hmm. holding space. Mm -hmm. uh, and what you were relating to was the red yarn ritual, which I actually learned in one of my trainings through body and healing work. And it's based on a Native American ritual um, because the red yarn represents the blood of our ancestors and they use it in their art and their crafts and their rituals. And I'm sure there are other, uh, other cultures who do similar things uh, because the lineage of the women is also something a laboring mom can tap into that space once she is in labor. That's, for example, when we tell them prior to birth or during birth, you're not doing this alone because right now, Thousands of women are giving birth. Mm -hmm. Many women have given birth. So you're not the first one. You're not the only one. And you're supported by a tribe unknown and known. And you can tap into that energy. But the red yarn ritual is just that you, A, introduce yourself. And then you name all the women on your maternal side. And you can, can go back to as far as you know or remember who the women were prior to you. But you most start with your grandmother your mother, then you, then the children you give birth to. And if you have siblings, you name mm -hmm. them as well. And every time you say a name, you wrap that red yarn around the wrist mm -hmm. as a reminder that this is your blood lineage. Mm -hmm. the, these are the women who did this before you. And these are the women you will pass this on to. Mm -hmm. And with that, and I'm wearing it because I always keep it on after training. This is my own I reminder. I, I wear and mine forever I wear too. it till it falls off or right. I have a next group. Oh. Uh, it gives me the reassurance that, mm -hmm. yes, I am part of that bigger lineage in so many other ways. And with that comes the first kind of bonding connection for the women who come to a weekend to learn all about birth. I love that. And it's so simple in a way. And yet... It's just that we've given up so much of ritual and traditions in our culture that sometimes the simplest things can really impact somebody in a big, big way. And and yeah. the, and and MC and I were talking a couple of different topics this last weekend, but one of the things is knowing that like MC was in my mother's body because when mm -hmm. when yeah. she. Her, you can explain it because I'm not yeah. great at explaining this, but yeah. I love when that. When you were in Polly's body in mm -hmm. utero, yeah. 
all of your eggs, eggs were there. Yeah. Yes. And so I was also in her yes. body and you were in Peggy's body yes. and my Tallulah was in your body. Right. My baby who's coming was in your mm-hmm. body and my grandchildren are yeah. in my body right now. I feel and like finally that is out in the open as a teaching. When I heard yes. this first, I'm like, no, wait a minute. And I had a hard time <laughs> yeah, like you, like, yeah, how can you even comprehend? But then, yeah. you know, we keep yeah. talking about it and it gets yeah. a little bit more clear. Yeah. Um, and then we were listening to like this Deepak uh, podcast on the way home last night. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, you, you, when those people pass, um, they're always within you, yeah. you know, they're with you, yeah. their essence, their source, their divinity. And I just yeah. think, you know, the, just the birthing, you know, experience mm-hmm. is so magical, not mm-hmm. just for the mother and the father, but for the family and the friends. It's just mm-hmm. like this great experience that mm-hmm. I feel like we don't give enough time to yeah as a culture yeah and you know and i loved what you said about you said teach back like Mm -hmm. let's teach back Mm -hmm. yes teach back to that tribal familial support system and teach back women that yeah you know you have the power to do this in the middle of a forest in the middle Mm -hmm. of a field at Mm -hmm. home with your beloved you can do well and i think you know just with you know, what we do at the yoga studios, and we really see the studios as more of a community center, um, to be able to, you know, educate our teachers. use our platform. Use Lotus to, you know, start having more women's circles. Blessing ways. Blessing ways Mm -hmm. and these types of experiences that, it seems like when we do things like that, people are like, oh, okay, that's cool. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, it's just like, we just need to get the message out mm-hmm. and not educate women, but just let them know that it's okay to do it a different way, mm-hmm. which is actually the, the real way, the natural yeah. way. <laughs> and and the, knowing that in rare cases, if needed, for sure, there is medical support. Exactly. Yes. Because none of this says that medicine isn't necessary. Right. There are exceptions. There are high risks. Mm-hmm. And thank God we have access to mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I always say, don't put the wagon in front of the horse when it mm-hmm. comes to birth. Mm-hmm. Can you take it one step at a time? Mm-hmm. And first of all, teach fearless approach to birth, which means you have to find the books to read, which mm. don't lead you into exactly, again, the fear mode. And there are by now good and plenty of choices out available. But for a longer period of time, everybody would read what to expect when you're expecting that book needs to be burned. <laughs> <laughs> what bo- tell us what books you highly recommend? Well, definitely the Ina May books, mm-hmm. all of them, because she is the godmother of midwifery in this country, and just to learn about her story is so powerful and so encouraging. Uh, also for partners to read those birth stories she has written down. Sacred Pregnancy is a beautiful book. Uh, you want to just have in your hands to look at because it's a fear-free weekly guidebook through your pregnancy. Mm. You can use it like a journey. And it has a little bit of a bohemian kind of touch to music, to food, to environment. So it comes from a very holistic approach. Mm. Um, by now, the list on books is like an ocean out there. But I was also telling MC how important it is to have the postpartum knowledge, which doesn't hardly exist in this country. It's finally happening and it's 
uh, grassroots kind of beginnings, but it, it'll pop big because I feel already the urge for it is so needed. Mm -hmm. um, so there are books like The Fourth Trimester or The First 40 Days, mm -hmm. which a woman has to have in her library prior to birth mm -hmm. because she needs to be prepared. Then you have DVDs. Uh, I always refer to the DVD series Happy Healthy Child by Sarah Kemrath. Uh, who is an incredible um, movie maker and also a doula and went through Kundalini with Guru Muk and then started to interview all these birth professionals and make it made a documentary out of it. Um, this is the best childbirth education class you can do on your own without mm -hmm. that you have to go somewhere. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do that. And what's yeah. that one called again? Happy Healthy Child. Happy it's on Amazon. Child. It's a four CD set. You saw some of the segments mm -hmm. in the training. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it has everything a couple, a woman needs to know about preparing to going through pregnancy, labor, birth, and mm -hmm. after. So... Wow. Okay. What's your favorite mantra in birth? I give to, uh, no, hold on, before I say anything, my favorite mantra is my personal one. Okay. The women need to choose their own. Ah. I'm not giving them my mantra. Mm -hmm. I let them choose and create theirs because mm -hmm. I can't implement what I think is right or good or supportive mm -hmm. to them. So that's part of, for example, their homework assignment that with their partners, mm -hmm. they find out what works, what doesn't. Because if I tell you, you're great, you can do that, that might not be what mm -hmm. you need to hear. Maybe you just need a stroke over the head or mm -hmm. have your hand held or mm -hmm. just be reminded by your partner that he knows how strong you are. Mm -hmm. So it's an individual thing. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, there are phrases which we repeat. Um, I personally don't have a favorite one because every woman is so different and needs different things. But there are always words of encouragement, of reassuring, of helping her to find that place of trust and knowing and understanding um, and, and reminding her to go within. Because if she's not mm. within, mm -hmm. there's this beautiful quote, if you don't go within, you're without. That's exactly what it is. If you're not in it, you're out of it. And for birth, you need to be in it mm -hmm. to be an active participant. Because in the end, the laboring process is not just you giving birth to your child. It's you and your baby dancing together you helping baby to find its way through the birth canal into your arms. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I think we should probably just wrap that up. That like, was it. Like swaddle it. <laughs> yes, we swaddle, swaddle the baby. That. <laughs> that is so fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Tell us what you have coming up. Any big workshops or trainings? Yeah, the, the prenatal teacher training at Suiha mm -hmm. or Soy Spirit of Yoga in Tempe. Uh, is the next one is the last weekend of May, um, two and a half days, 20 hours, mm -hmm. uh, which you experienced, mm -hmm. wraps up everything, brings it together mm -hmm. um, and is a inner journey, um, a lot alongside with the yoga because prenatal yoga, teaching that isn't that complicated. That's mm -hmm. another thing. Whenever I teach prenatal from two hours to four to the 20 hour program, so many young teachers are terrified of teaching prenatal yoga. Um, and it's not really that much you have to be aware of. What I am after is that we know what's going on in the greater scheme of yes. things. Because you said it so beautifully already about Lotus. Um, you're using a platform. 
we as yoga teachers, I find, have a great responsibility of helping women to find their path mm. um, in the birth world, especially because now providers, doctors, midwives send their clients, their moms, oh, why don't you take some prenatal yoga? And mm -hmm. so a lot of women actually enter yoga now for the first time and never done it before because they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. It's a very different entry stage than, oh, I want to learn all about yoga. So they come to yoga because they're pregnant and the focus is obviously on connecting baby and mother mm -hmm. together at the same time preparing them for this journey again without fear or hesitation or thinking that you have to have the epidural to be done with it, that kind of thing. I hear yeah. that still way too often. So as a teacher, we have this great honor and responsibility to guide women. If, if it's just a simple question, like, who is your provider? Have you ever considered working with a midwife? Do you know what a midwife is? These are the basic conversations I want to have mm -hmm. when it comes to us doing our work. Mm. Um, I don't believe that a yoga teacher should just leave the woman where she's at and say, don't do twists. And that's it pretty yeah. much, you know, there needs to be a dialogue. Otherwise, how will we get the word out? Yeah, they need to be passionate yeah. about the whole yeah. experience and supporting yeah. women. And I think that is a holistic approach. And yeah. so I'm, you know, I feel like we have some amazing prenatal teachers in our programs, but I do want to make sure that that message is, is sent to everyone mm. at Lotus. Mm -hmm. And they will never forget you. That's the other thing. Oh. They will always remember the person who guided them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not that you take their hands, but you give them ideas, suggestions. Mm -hmm. You like give them space to ask questions, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you've got the teacher training coming yep. up. Any workshops? No, Are you, that's you're pretty teaching much teaching around town. You're doing yep. your... I'm doing my body work, my prenatal massages for anyone who is pregnant, which is also extremely important that there is that space for connection between mother and child prior to birth. Yes. Because when they both learn together to relax on a massage table and take that to the birth and remember mm. how it feels, then uh, that's, for example, the space mm -hmm. that she drops in between the rushes, between the surges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yes. that's when women fall asleep between contractions. And yeah. everybody still thinks that's like, what? Mm -hmm. It's nothing uncommon mm -hmm. if a woman is in her space. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. Thank we you. really, really appreciate it. Honor for me to I be here. I feel we try, I think we tried a couple times to get you yeah. to Lotus and we're you working were like, on it. You were like birthing babies yes. like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I have like five babies that weekend. Yeah. I can't do it. So yeah. we understand your work is so important and we really, really, really appreciate everything you do. Mm -hmm. And hopefully. Thank you. You have many, many disciples coming from your <laughs> teachings like us. Thank mm. you. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. Have Last a great day, day guys. Happy day. Join us again at High Vibes Podcast, where we will always be exploring the life of a modern day yogi and especially a modern day woman yogi. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.